0: Hi everyone, I'm Lindsay Sheridan, your host and director of marketing and PR at Imagine MKE. If you're new to the show, each week I'll sit down with an artist or arts administrator in Milwaukee and dive deep into their story asking them about their Milwaukee origin, their early memories that sparked a love of the arts, their current work, and their vision for the future of the city. On today's episode, I speak with Samer Ghani, a director, photographer, videographer, storyteller. I've had the pleasure of working with Samer on a couple video projects this year, including the recent release of Milwaukee Strong. Uh, You heard a clip from that song coming into the episode, and Samer was our director on the music video. If you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, you can head to imaginemke.org strong to do so. Thanks so much for listening and please enjoy. Cool. Samer, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I've, I was actually uh, going to reach out to you and ask to be on the podcast, but you beat me to it like just by <laughs> a hair. So thank you so much for
0: asking. Hey, that's perfect timing, and that's really exciting to hear, because you are my first remote podcast guest. Uh, Oh,
1: awesome. (laughs) I had had
0: recorded all these podcasts before the uh, pandemic, so really excited to have you here today, Um, and the timing couldn't be more perfect. We've been collaborating on this Milwaukee Strong project uh, as of late, so I'm really excited to have this chance to speak to you for a while, for longer, and (laughs) learn about your background.
1: Yeah excited to be here.
0: To start, I'm going to ask you a question that I open all of my podcasts with, which is, do you remember a time early in life that you experienced art in a way that impacted you deeply that stuck with you?
1: Yeah, it it was definitely music related. I think I grew up uh, with like my older sisters, you know, being like a 90s kid. uh, My older sisters were always listening to like 90s R&B um things like Aaliyah and um just like all this different 90s R&B my older brother would listen to like 90s hip-hop with like Tupac and and Biggie and and T.I. you know it was awesome so I, I grew up listening to like all this very passionate and motivating music um and then I started listening it like translated somehow it just right into punk rock and pop punk and I found that like punk rock was so honest, just like hip hop was, but it was so energizing and it just like spoke to me. And that was definitely like the snowball momentum of how I fell in love with art and like, you know, like punk rock trans, like translated into, to skateboarding and all this skateboarding photography. There are these huge books. You can even get them at like sky high of like skateboarding photography and like black mm-hmm. and white through the nineties and like through the eighties the and stuff in it. It's awesome. So like all just even thinking back and saying it, like thinking of it as I say it right now, I'm realizing that it was all like intertwined even when I was young and like interested in all this this the hood rat stuff. Um yeah, it was always yeah. there.
0: Um I love that there's that combination of music and photography so early in your, your like experience of art because that's completely the direction that your life and career has taken, right? <laughs> yeah, like you've yeah, always been absolutely. especially interested in that, in being like a witness to and capturing the creation of music, right? Can you tell us more about how you, how you worked your way into that world?
1: Yeah, um, I graduated high school with like photography in mind, because in our high school if you went like the art route as opposed to like the music route or like the more academic route um, at our senior year as art students we had to have like a full gallery of like 35 to 40 pieces and I was really struggling that whole that whole year but especially that last semester because like I didn't feel like I was an adequate painter I didn't feel like I could really sculpt or like every time I put like pottery in the kiln it it busted or broke like I always felt like I was always grasping at straws throughout my high school journey but I rented a camera my senior year and I just went out and started shooting in it and it felt good it felt organic I really liked the idea of documenting what I saw Um, so after high school I went to Cardinal Stritch for about a year just studying trying to pursue photojournalism and photography and then I transferred to UWM and I was still pursuing like some photography courses, some photojournalism courses, a lot of writing courses, and then before I finished, I got hired at Apple as like a, as just like a part-time technician, um, and I did really well at Apple. I excelled really fast, but what Apple, and I'm really grateful for that job because it allowed me to work part-time and make enough money, just enough money to pay my bills, but it also allowed me this time to go to shows every night, and there was something about documenting my friends and bands like uh, Paper Holland um, and Shlee. I met Shlee at the Apple store and her, Shlee definitely reinvigorated my love for photography because I was starting to drop out of it. I was really into music and playing like my own shows at the time, making friends in the Milwaukee community who were also musicians. But when I met Shlee, our, our friendship really reignited my passion for photography so mm-hmm. I started, docu- like I said, I started documenting my friends in Paper Holland, but I started documenting Schlie and that I really owe a lot to her. Uh, the beginning of my, my new career was a lot of my friendship with Schlie um, mm-hmm. and then it just snowballed from there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like friends of mine that have pursued the concert photography route, like once you get that bug and once you get going on it, it, it becomes so all-encompassing in a really powerful way would you think do you think that's true yeah Is that what you found as well yeah
1: yeah I found it was less um or at least when I think back on it now I feel like it was less of just like photography and it was more photojournalism mm-hmm. and I think instead of me describing what I saw at the show I was able to give the artists these photos and say like give them a chance to speak about themselves um so I it was cool. Like I got to document them in a a great way while giving them like the opportunity to speak about either their performance or who they are, or just like being able to fill their, their Instagram and Twitter and Facebook feeds with like higher quality content. And I think the idea for me was if I can make these people look good, maybe people will start to take them more seriously. And Mm -hmm. I think it worked. I think it's, I think it also inspired other photographers to just go out there and start doing it. Yeah. um but I, but i agree once you get that bug it's hard to like not want to be at a show not want right. to be like helping and like just being a part of that community um and just like meeting new people um it's great it's been great it's been a struggle but it's been it's been also like this wild ride
0: mm-hmm. being so immersed in milwaukee's music scene what do you think is what makes it unique what makes it so powerful uh, you know what's your take from being in uh, absolutely like a front row seat to, to all of it
1: yeah I think I would I would have to say it's the diversity of music that's here in Milwaukee I used to think like when I when I started playing shows and going to shows I used to think like there was just like an underground hip-hop scene and an underground punk scene and that's it and now that I've gotten older and you know my music taste is like also grown and i started to expand my perspective I'm realizing that there's like this large bluegrass scene there's a huge country Mm -hmm. scene there's like a huge Mm -hmm. dubstep and DJ scene there's there's indie rock bands there's punk rock bands there's metal bands like the the genres just expand so much and they also overlap there's so many mixed bills at Cactus Pub there's Mm -hmm. mixed bills at Company Brewing there's mixed bills and like all of, so, some of these venues that are really on the ground trying to help people like like cactus like company and like cooperage mm-hmm. they're so willing to to put different types of artists on different bills and like to just to to welcome that diversity and appreciate it and it's it's beautiful to see like to see like paper holland and schleyberry and amanda huff and nickel and rose like you know you could see all those artists in one weekend and mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's it just like this beautiful level of diversity. I think it's often misinterpreted for competition. I think I wish, I'm trying even myself to like pull myself out of that mentality um, and see it more as this, like this beautiful mix of like m- what Milwaukee really is. Like obviously art and culture is a reflection of this community and society that it's born from. And I think when we think about the diversity in Milwaukee, the music speaks volumes to it. Like it just Mm -hmm. truly shows like the the grains of diversity that we have here.
0: That totally speaks to, you know, our work as to wanting to highlight the abundance of art in Milwaukee. And it seems like maybe that sense that sense of competition definitely is innate in a whole lot of art making, right? Because unfortunately in a lot of cases resources are slim. And so there's this sense of like if I get, if I don't get something, you're going to get it. Like, um, yeah, and I yeah, think we're sure. trying to move away from that and promote that if we're doing our jobs right, there should be enough for all, right?
1: There is enough for all. Yeah, I yeah. Least I believe. I do believe yeah. that. I think it is scary when you're, when you're so, when you're trying so hard to make something what you want it to be or or to get yourself where you want it to be. It's so scary to see someone else maybe moving past you or moving forward. But if one, if one artist makes it big in Milwaukee, I think Ishtar is a great example. Like Ishtar is doing great things. I think Mike Kroll is also a good example. Mm. Like two different, you know, two different styles of artists on two different uh, ends of the spectrum as far as music genres go. And they both kind of elevated themselves past this Milwaukee community while, while sticking to their roots. And mm. all that's done for Milwaukee is make people outside of Milwaukee take Milwaukee more seriously. So if these if these few artists are making it that means there's going to be more opportunity for other artists to to get those opportunities there's going to be more eyes here people are going to take the community more seriously and i think that's and i'm like i said i'm breaking myself out of this competitive mentality because i'm realizing that that can be the case for photographers and videographers and visual artists and stuff like that so it's it's hard it's it's obviously easier said than done but healthy competition is good it allows good work to rise to the surface. Mm-hmm. it allows people to to create their own standards of quality, which is also good. I think we see competition in like the tech field with different types of computers and phones, and the consumer ends up winning in the end when there are when there's healthy competition with product and I think the audience of Milwaukee, like all the showgoers, the people who buy merch, like they get to profit if there's a lot of artists trying their best, you know like the consumer ends up winning. And in the end, that means the artist ends up winning, you know, so I think right. it, it's hard to not feel like the weight of the world is on you when you're an artist, um, really trying to sift through the community and find your place. But there, there is definitely enough for everyone. I, I truly believe that.
0: Mm-hmm. What was the last concert you went to before the pandemic? What was uh, that experience?
1: It was classic show at Shank Hall, um, mm-hmm. but but I also played a show on March fourteenth at Anodyne. So it was like the last show I went to that I didn't play was a classics concert at the end of February at Shank Hall, and it was it was beautiful. It was yeah. absolutely wonderful. Pat met me there. It was great. It was a <laughs> great time. <laughs> um, classic is just this all encompassing artist.
0: Oh yeah, uh,
1: and he had a bunch of. A bunch of people on stage with him, like Sister Strings, Johanna Rose, like uh, 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 mm-hmm. Kendall J, like all these artists. It was beautiful. It was just like beautiful performance of like what he could do orchestrating and being like this this powerful, this powerful artist. And not powerful in in terms of like his resources, but powerful in terms of like passion and messaging and and you know like what he's striving for. So yeah. it was yeah. Uh, that memory sticks very brightly in my brain.
0: Mm. Tell us more about your life as a musician. Tell us more about oh. the show you played and and yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I've been in in multiple bands, you know, since high school. All like garbage punk rock garage bands, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I started playing violin and viola in middle school, and my orchestra teacher really inspired us to like pick up. Like a bass guitar and a guitar and drums so me and my my best friend at the time his mom bought him a guitar my mom bought me a bass guitar and he would go to guitar lessons my mom couldn't necessarily afford to send me lessons so I would like watch YouTube videos and learn like Green Day and Blink-182 songs at a young age and then in high school we all we all started really like trying to write our own riffs and like you know just like be these musicians that we were really idolizing and outside of high school I started playing like uh, basement shows and shows at, uh, various venues, like, house venues and stuff like that, and it was, it was a great time, in and out of bands, and, you know, meeting new people, and, and just finding, finding out what it meant to be an artist, and what it meant to work hard, you know, because I think, I think you can think you're working hard, but you're not necessarily working, working hard, you know, um, so a lot of, like, of those life lessons were, and, like, musician etiquette I learned a lot of musician etiquette mm-hmm. uh, for better or for worse um, at a young younger age which I'm very grateful for yeah but this this past year I've been in a band this like joke of a band called Open Bar Funeral we don't have any music <laughs> release we don't have anything recorded we just hop on bills with our friends and play shows so we played shows with like the Nasty Boys we've played shows with a band called Spoy we've played shows uh, we've played a handful of shows and they've all been really fun and um the last show we played was on March 14th at Anodyne Mm -hmm. and it was great it it was a fun time honestly and I think it's like the last show I'll probably play for a long time
0: yeah (laughs) love your band's name that's I feel like that's that's got to draw people in you know when you're on a bill they're like what is that that's (laughs) very dark humor it's great yeah 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 that's definitely the point (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell me more about your Milwaukee origin story? Are you from here?
1: Yeah, as far yeah. as the story goes as as far as I'm told, I was born and raised in Milwaukee. Um yeah. I grew up the house I'm in right now recording this podcast in, I grew up in. Uh yeah. my mom still lives here. Great woman. She uh she grew up on a farm in Palestine. She mm-hmm. taught English for a while before she moved to the states. She uh, owned a little convenience store called uh, midget foods on booth just off north mm-hmm. um you know right on the east side um she loved it she had a great time um and then she raised us through i was born in 92 so she raised us a uh, single mom in america she did her best and i'm I'm really grateful for her yeah. you know i grew up with uh, two older sisters and an older brother they both live in louisiana my sisters and my older brother is always traveling for work so i see him every once in a while mm-hmm. and um yeah, I went to MPS schools. Uh, I loved it. The amount of diversity at MPS schools was uh, very beautiful. I think what um, what a, what growing up in an MPS environment allowed me to to see as an adult was what uh, school funding, how important school funding really is, mm-hmm. um, and how it affects kids on various different levels, from um, different levels of emotional instability to mental instability, to not understanding a lot of, you know, like you can't tell a kid necessarily that um, a school doesn't have enough resources for X, Y, and Z. And just seeing that breakdown of like what what I missed out on and like the gaps in my knowledge, um, you know, entering the workforce at 18 and like uh, trying yeah. to understand economics, you know, all that stuff without a guiding hand. I It, it just really brought to the forefront how important MPS funding is and how I would love to get back how I wanted to give back to that community I I feel Mm -hmm. like my high school teachers had such an impact on me that it inspired me to when I started attending UWM after I switched from Cardinal Stritch and it really inspired me to to start kind of guiding my academic career towards writing because I I really wanted to be an English teacher for quite some time Mm -hmm. um and I still kind of do. I think there's enough time in life to do that, um, you know, That's to revisit right. that. Yeah. Um, but my high school teachers really had an impact on me. And I think it's because they understood also, you know, like they could see it on our on our faces as MPS students, and they understood that our school is underfunded. You know, they're not getting the resources that they needed to teach us. So a lot of these teachers just invested so much emotional Um, fortitude into us because they wanted us to feel like they cared not and they did care you Mm -hmm. know and and I think I'm really grateful for that looking back uh, looking back and having having those educators try their best in in the only ways that they knew how Um, and right around 2010 2011 during or was it 2009 during the teacher strike Mm -hmm. um, all my whole senior senior class of teachers like none of them showed up and that's when we all knew that they that they really cared you know that they were fighting for something bigger than just us so mm-hmm. um growing up in Milwaukee was it has been such um, a wild experience of of diversity and just seeing what happens to a city when parts of it are truly left uh unattended and and without support
0: right right what do you think It sounds like you did have some arts opportunities. How did that, you know, growing up in the Milwaukee public school system, do you feel like you had enough arts opportunities? Um, Do you, how did that play into your overall education? Like, what's your take on on what the health of that was when you were in school?
1: Yeah, I think I went to, for my middle school, I went to Bell, which is now Wedgwood Academy. Um, It kind of got like this huge fresh coat of paint as far as like what the academic standard was but that happened like right after right after we left but at the time there was this um we had this middle school orchestra teacher named Mr. Lampkins and he was very very passionate about using as much school funding for orchestra and sending kids on orchestra trips so I'm very grateful for this this educator he he fought so hard for to send us to places like Boston and Toronto and New York and And we did all those things and we won these crazy orchestra competitions. And I think, I think that was what he needed. He needed us to be this insanely good orchestra to prove to the board that we deserve the funding, you know, this like school of rock experience, like these kids deserve Mm. better, you know, you know, (laughs) like they, they have what it takes and we did. And, and and it was, it wasn't without hard work on like all, all 30 of us, like practicing at home and practicing at school. Um, but I think that was like the first bout of inspiration where where I realized that, you know, I was in a very unique position at this school that most MPS schools weren't getting. Um, and there are some schools like King and Arts that do get bigger and better funding for, for these opportunities. But um, I, I knew that I was in a very unique and rare position to be in an MPS school and to be going on these orchestra trips and to be like, have such a heavy hand in the arts. Um, So I'm very grateful for that. I think that's, that was like one of the bigger bouts of inspiration because my whole young adult life leading up to that, I always just thought that like skateboarding was a dream. Playing Mm -hmm. in bands was a dream, you know, like there's no way that my mom was ever going to buy me a guitar or, or like a real skateboard, you know, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I always just thought it was going to be something I could enjoy through media. But yeah, it was, it was in middle school that I realized that I was not only in a rare position, um, and that I was very grateful for it that, but that the, these opportunities are real. And if I keep, if I keep looking for them, I think I'll, that I would find them and I'm gr- I'm grateful that I did.
0: Hmm. So you've done a lot of incredible work for Magic MKE this year. So we've gotten to work with you on, I mean, a couple pretty big projects, right? We yeah. Have, we yeah. had this... We had this, what ended up being a four and four day video when we started it in December, we could have never known that the pandemic would (laughs) happen and that we would release it with that timing and in a way that we hoped would bring like a sense of pride and inspiration to the city. But, um, but it was really powerful. And then more recently, as I mentioned at the front of the podcast, we've been working on this Milwaukee strong project, um, really, really fascinating example of how a bunch of different, um, folks in Milwaukee can collaborate on something big together. Um, and one part of that has been, uh, highlighting, highlighting heroes, um, in a way that we hope is really, um, respectful. That's really, um, celebratory, though that feels like a really hard word to use right now. Yeah but that that honors but that honors their um their contributions and their incredibly hard work for for the city, for all of us. And so part of that was as you were out on these video shoots, um I asked you if you wouldn't mind asking some interview questions to those heroes. And so as I've been listening to you asking that question and the footage you shared with me and hearing their incredible answers. I wanted to hear your answers too. So I hope you don't (laughs) mind if I ask you the same questions. Absolutely. Um, So what makes you proud to be from
1: Milwaukee? Um, I'm proud to be from Milwaukee because I was raised in a single mother household and she was able to make it. And with that opportunity, you know, with the with the trials that she had to go through. Um, you know, in a, in a weird way, I think like Milwaukee is one of the only cities she was able to do what she did in. And like growing up, you know, in an MPS school, it, amongst so much diversity and so much art and, and all the people I'm meeting in my adult life, uh, I'm just proud to know so many passionate people that are willing to fight for change on so many different fronts, whether it's education, whether it's legislation, whether it's arts, whether it's the educational community at large, or people like you guys at Imagine MK, or just willing to do whatever it takes to, to help people when they're in need. So, I'm proud to be from a community that cares so much about its neighbors.
0: Mm. In three words, how would you describe Milwaukee?
1: Milwaukee is diversity um Milwaukee is dynamic and Milwaukee is strong.
0: So what do you hope for the future of the city at large for the arts? Um, yeah.
1: I hope that I hope that Milwaukee can invest in MPS. However, from wherever that money comes from, I just hope that we can reinvest in our public school system as well as reinvesting in all of the all of our neighborhoods like across the board that need help and I also hope that Milwaukee can get out of its own
0: way Mm -hmm. so uh, I'll just kind of ask a question from a couple angles feel free to answer however you want um, you've been such a powerful witness to the protests over the past approaching approaching sixty days um, and I'm grateful for your for your leadership in that, for your service in that. Um, I'm curious as you've been a witness to that and as you reflect on being an artist yourself and being part of a community of artists in Milwaukee, what is what is the future for how we elevate artists in civic life in Milwaukee in, to be more woven into the civic fabric whether that's in the very active state of being in protest right now or or in the long run yeah
1: um, I think I think the the only way to support an artist through like, or like even the protesters and the protest leaders is either to like be there or donating like water and snacks or just like donating money. Um, I know it's like not necessarily like the easiest thing to do right now for a lot of people. Um, I think like programs, like how Imagine MKE donated so much money to to artists like through, through COVID. I think programs like that were very important and I think it makes people remember that there are people looking out for them. Um, I think the best way we can support artists moving forward is like, and this sounds so cliche, but it's just like listening to their music um, and sharing it or like following them on social media. Like all these, there are so many passive ways of support, like commenting on a post, um, you know, like buying a, buying a song on iTunes, as opposed to just listening to it all the time on Spotify. You know, like there are so many like small ways that don't necessarily cost any money or very little money that uh, we can all support artists. And I'm trying to do that myself even more moving forward. Um, you know, when, now that I'm making enough money to pay my bills for the first time in a long time and like all this stuff, I'm trying to like respread that wealth back into the community by like buying shirts and buying music. and And it's, there are different ways to support it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't just have to be social media. It doesn't just have to be like going out to a protest, but I think there are ways to support and you just got to do some research and spend some time digging and asking the right questions. And And it's not easy, but um, there are avenues for everyone to feel supported and to support.
0: Mm-hmm. From your view, um, What do you think the future looks like for Milwaukee arts and culture at large? Super hard question perhaps to consider in this present moment as the future for everyone in all aspects of life feels so (laughs) unbalanced, uncertain. But I'm interested in, you know, what do you think our strengths are as an arts community and what what are some areas for growth?
1: I think if everyone can hold their breath for a little bit longer, we're all going to be surprised with the amount of opportunity that comes out of Milwaukee or that comes to Milwaukee very soon. I think we all wanted that to be the DNC season Mm. and we're all pissed off (laughs) and I'll just say it for everyone. Like we're all mad. We're all mad that all the, all the opportunity was taken away from us. Mm. We're all mad that the money we invested in preparing was taken is just been for Mm. not, we're all, we're all mad about the DNC, but I think if we can, I think if we can hold our breath for a little bit longer, we'll be surprised by the amount of opportunity that's presented itself in Milwaukee or that will present itself in Milwaukee, whether it's from larger companies coming here because the DNC is gonna happen here anyways, even if it is digital, Um, whether it is through different types of fundings. Um, What was the second part of the question?
0: Yeah. What do you think are some possible areas for growth for the arts community in Milwaukee?
1: um i think the only areas for girl i think especially the year of 2019 and nile nile said it best nile's a young hip-hop artist from milwaukee super good you got to check him out if you haven't So shout out to nile but he said he made a facebook status at the beginning of 2019 he said 2019 is the year of the shooter just you watch and so many photographers really came out of the scene so many videographers really came out of the scene he had the foresight to to realize that at 20 or 21 however young this guy is like and he was absolutely right but alongside that there are so many graphic designers visual artists web designers you know like artists across the board just like started coming out of the woodwork and there is there is always going to be healthy competition and I just think that we need to see it that way. And it's it's really hard. It's easier said than done. But I think the competition allows us all to grow at a very rapid, but pace where we're all growing together. And like it, like I said earlier, it, it forces quality work to rise to the top more quickly, mm-hmm. which allows everyone to take a moment and say, like, reflect on themselves as an artist and all these things. And I think if we can all start thinking that way together, the momentum of of that community togetherness and the community uplifting and elevation is, is going to feel more real. You know, it's going to feel more real in real time.
0: Mm -hmm. So you actually just answered this question when you lifted up Nile, but if you have another artist in mind, um, I always like to offer the opportunity to celebrate and lift up something in Milwaukee's arts, arts and culture scene that you are especially excited about right now?
1: Nile's definitely a big one. <laughs> Shelly Berry's, I'm like, uh, patiently anticipating Shelly Berry's next release. I don't know anything, but mm-hmm. if I know Shelly, I know she's cooking something, you know, like she's gotta be. Right. So I'm anticipating Shelly Berry's next release. I'm, I'm also, there's this band called Myrtle's Acres from Milwaukee they're amazing, they're a two-piece, and they, just before COVID, they released their full-length, their first full-length album, and it is so freaking good, it is so good, and I think everyone should check, check out Myrtle's Acres, but I could, I could go forever, Sister Strings, Johanna Rose, Classic, mm-hmm. you gotta check out Webster X, check out The Shooter, Weston Rich, check out uh, 8-Bit Milwaukee, Josh Arter. Check out Sam's podcast, We Never Met. Check out Ben Slowly's podcast. Check out the Nasty Boys. Check out Paper Han. Like, I, I could go on forever. Uh, Kendall J, no seatbelts. Like, I could do it forever. I can talk all day about all Buffalo Nichols' music. Like, uh, w- Will Rose. I'm, not, I'm definitely forgetting people. You got to think about Moody. You got to yeah. think about, like, I could go all day. I could go all day.
0: I mean... What an incredible <laughs> list. You're like you're the you are the amplifier of the week. Like we've been doing this amplifier of the day series. You're you're no, you're the amplifier of the month. Like that's just a great list. <laughs> um I'm curious so throughout December, January, some of February Um, we were going out and filming a variety of artists in Milwaukee for, um, what ended up being the four on four day video, um, which was set to Dasha Kelly's awesome words of life in motion. And I remember being just surprised, overjoyed, like really excited about some of the things we were seeing that were still new to me, still being, um, relatively new to being in Milwaukee, like for real full-time. It was a really fun experience for me. And I'm wondering if you have highlights from those, any highlights from those shoots that you, that surprised you, that delighted you, like something you were excited to learn or, or, see again about Milwaukee arts and culture
1: I think being at City Hall and like creating art in that space was like a big like that that day with you and David and Pat and Dasha Kelly was like is like definitely burned into my brain because I've never the only time I really experienced City Hall was like for a field trip when I was very very young in elementary school Mm -hmm. so going back there to create like and I, I I feel like some of the most powerful images from that video were from that shoot at city hall. Oh, and yeah. uh, you know, and like just being able to create art in that space was so surreal. It was just incredibly surreal. and to learn like that that space was built for like such a particular reason with like art in mind. so mm-hmm. that was like a a very like wonderful Milwaukee experience for me to have and yeah. also. Um, visiting the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, like, while it was still being rebuilt, that was, I I was thinking that whole time I was there, like, there's no other reason I would ever be allowed into the space, or to, like, be granted this window into a different form of art, like, to see the bare bones of architecture, to see someone passionately talking about, like, how exciting it is, like, that these beams are, like, supporting this to do this, and, like, you know, just like getting that passion um from the director and like watching like watching something like the skeleton of something that's gonna be so beautiful you mm. know and and maybe even in a space that i'll I'll barely if ever go into when it is built you know um so that both those experiences were just so I just felt so fortunate I felt mm. so fortunate to experience both both of those moments
0: I agree. Some of the photos that you captured of Dasha in City Hall are, are just, well, all of the photos you captured are just stunning. I mean, they, they're they beautiful. It's been so wonderful to be able to use them in highlighting Dasha, in, in celebrating Milwaukee. Um, and I agree, it was surreal to be in that construction site and also to feel the hope of what comes what comes next for this building what comes next for that part of downtown how how when that project is complete will it be will it be a home that everyone feels welcome in So I'll ask you one more question sure um and then we should be good um so do you have any thoughts, reflections to offer from this process of going out and filming musicians for the Milwaukee Strawn Project? What did it feel to be back out there in a way that maybe you haven't necessarily had the chance to with musicians since this pandemic hit? Like, how, what did it feel like for better or worse? And um, uh, what, were any, what were any highlight moments from the experience?
1: Um, it felt, it felt like that was the closest thing that I was going to feel to a show in a long time. So it was nice reconnecting with people. And it was also nice um meeting some people for the first time. And like just being able to hear their story and like, hear the part, like what they were asked to do on the song and just like, it felt like I was at a show like connecting with a new musician. And I think that part was awesome. None of it felt bad. It did feel like a sprint But that's okay, (laughs) you know. Like, that's it. Was what it was. It was. It was. Um. But it was fun. It felt. I felt busy for the first time in a long time. I felt like I was connecting with people for the first time in a long time. It felt good to just be outside (laughs) for the first time in a long time. So, it was great. I I had a great experience.
0: It was a real lift and a real fast lift for a whole bunch of parties involved. So, I'm so grateful for your work on it. I think it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it it uh the video certainly like exceeds what I could have expected when we were starting out you know because our example was the Louisville video yeah yeah and I mean a credit to you a credit to Dan a credit to all the musicians involved like ours is so much better
1: yeah it is it (laughs) totally is ours looks awesome and like that's because our music not that Louisville doesn't have passionate artists by any means but all of our artists are so like passionate and they were so excited to do it and like you know no one felt like it was a burden I think that's that's what Milwaukee Strong means like no one felt like their time was being compromised no one felt like it was a burden everyone was like of course I'm gonna do this you know like and that was like the most beautiful part
0: well thank you so much for talking with me today Samer um it was delightful to see you in person earlier this week. It's really, it's really been great to talk with you longer now, and uh, look forward to more conversations and work in the future.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having me. I'm very <laughs> grateful for Imagine MKE for everything you you've provided to me as an artist and as a person, and to our entire community. I have, I, I don't know how you guys are able to do what you've been doing in the amount of time that you've been doing it but it's, it's nothing short of appreciated and very impressive to say the least.
0: Thank you. That means a lot for coming from you. Seriously. I really appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe by searching Arts Forward MKE on your favorite listening platform, or go to imaginemke.org slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode next Thursday. Also, be sure to check out our other two podcasts, Imagine This Podcast and Black Imagination, and follow us on social. On Facebook, we're Imagine MKE, and on Insta and Twitter, we're at Imagine underscore Be well, friends. let our love show. Milwaukee special invest in the homegrown. Talent, we all searching for balance. United, the good lands, approaching all of our challenges. And in hand. You and me. Working together, like a family, together we stand, stand. do it all, all. hand in hand, standing Standing tall, every Every day, every day.